Hello and welcome to the Dairy Defined podcast. As spring turns to summer, lawmakers are thinking about the fall. It's an election year, and the ones that end in two are always special, as they're the first ones under new congressional districts. That affects who sits in Congress, and this year it may affect who controls Congress, and that can affect who writes the Farm Bill. It's all connected, and explaining and updating us is NMPF Senior Vice President for Government Relations, Paul Bleiberg. Good having you here, Paul. Thanks for having me on. Always good to be here. So let's take the last element first, the Farm Bill. Always of interest, what's the latest? Right now, the uh, House and Senate Agriculture Committees are starting the process of looking at current Farm Bill policy and evaluating what's working well and what isn't working well. The Farm Bill, of course, doesn't expire until September of 2023, but there's a lot of work that needs to be done before the bill can actually be written by both chambers, negotiated, and signed into law. So a number of oversight hearings have occurred over the last several months. We've been very fortunate at National Milk to be invited by the House and Senate Ag Committees to partake in a number of those hearings. We had uh, producers participate in a number of contexts. We had Mel Medeiros, who's a California producer on our executive committee, testifying about sustainability in the livestock sector and some of our needs in the conservation space. We had Ashley Kennedy from Michigan Milk testify at a field hearing of the Senate Agriculture Committee in Michigan, talking about what's working well in the dairy margin coverage program and some of the challenges we're working through right now on the federal milk marketing order side. And our partner organization, U.S. Dairy Export Council, was featured at a House hearing on the trade title of the Farm Bill. And President and CEO Krista Hardin spoke uh, in April as well. In just a week, uh, we're going to have Lolly Lesher, a Pennsylvania dairy farmer, testifying at the House Agriculture Committee, talking about the state of the dairy economy. And she's going to be able to give a great perspective again on issues like the dairy margin coverage program, federal orders, and a number of other areas. So a lot of that stakeholder outreach is going on right now, both publicly in hearings and behind the scenes as well, as we all start to figure out what improvements do we need to see in the next farm bill. It's an important opportunity, given that it only does come up every every so often. It does only come up every so often. Um, and obviously other things happen. So is the farm bill the only way that things get done in agriculture? I would think you're not just sitting around these days waiting for it. No, that's a great question. Actually, the longer I've worked in agriculture policy, the more committees we work with and the larger our tentacles seem to extend into different areas that years ago I never would have imagined we'd work on. I think the Farm Bill is still very much a central issue for agriculture because it covers so many different policy areas. You know, an interesting comparison to me is transportation, where I've spent some time. That committee divides up all of its work into multiple different authorizations. The agriculture committees kind of do all of it together in the Farm Bill for the most part. And so it is really a core policy opportunity for everybody in ag, no matter what commodity you're working on or what segment of the industry you're working on. But now, whether it's labor or trade or nutrition or sustainability or labeling or tax policy, there are ag issues going on both in Congress and in the administration uh, in between farm bills that don't have anything to do with farm bill implementation. And sometimes that you forget that the farm bill is even a thing when you're in the thick of 2020 and the COVID-19 pandemic and you're working on six different completely uh, unrelated topics, all very important, but all different from the farm bill. Now, to get to a farm bill, of course, we have to know who's writing it. What's that looking like for next year? Well, the, the key players for the farm bill will probably be the same four people that are leading the agriculture committees today. So in the House, that's David Scott and G.T. Thompson. In the Senate, it's Debbie Stabenow and John Bozeman. All four of them, well, Senator Stabenow doesn't have an election this fall, but the other three are all expected to be reelected this fall, I think. And uh, there's not really much question about that, that all four of them will still be there. 
who's in the chair role versus the ranking member role could change depending on the outcome of the election. But given that farm bills are historically a broadly bipartisan endeavor, all four players have a major role. And so I think the four people that will be leading the process are really set. However, having worked for members of the agriculture committees before, I can attest that being an individual member of the committee still affords you a great opportunity to influence policy as well. And that's where we may see some change in both the House and the Senate. You have a number of committee members in both chambers that are up for re-election in competitive races. And so the committees will be fully populated next January in advance of the process. We may see some new members filling out the, you know, the new rungs, the, the lower rungs, if you will, in terms of seniority of the committee. So while the top players who will be leading the process are really set, a lot of the participants are, are still yet to be known. And that brings us to the dairymander. Tell us a little bit about how you've been forecasting power in the House of Representatives. Well, well years ago when I was a congressional staffer and looking at redistricting a decade ago, it, it came upon me this idea that instead of gerrymandering a congressional district to get one party or another or some group an advantage, you could gerrymander and you could draw the top milk counties into one district, no matter what shape it took to have as large a dairy producing district as you could. And, and while I've had a lot of fun looking at different maps and combinations, what I've been trying to do in the last several months is the 2022 redistricting process that happens every decade comes to a conclusion is figure out how does dairy's footprint get impacted by the congressional map? There are several states, whether we talk about Michigan or Florida or Oregon or California as examples where you may have members of Congress today that represent a sizable portion of dairy farmers or, or processing infrastructure that won't after the new maps. And on the flip side, you're going to have current members and new members coming in that will have a large dairy footprint in their districts that didn't before. And, and what I'm excited about is, you know, I think we'll maintain the relationships with the people that have always uh, that have always been allies and partners, even if their districts change somewhat. But I'm excited about building out that group further. There may be some members that have served in the House for a number of years, but haven't had ag in their districts or haven't had a lot of dairy in their districts. And now they're going to, and it's a chance, no matter what committee they serve on, given what I said before, we work on so many different issues, it's a chance to rebuild new relationships in different parts of the country. And that's what I've been working to analyze now as the field kind of wraps up on redistricting what that map looks like. Anything else we should know as we head into campaign season and looking ahead toward a farm bill? I think you're going to continue to see a lot of great uh, discussion in the committees on the farm bill process. I mentioned a few that have already taken place and the one coming up in the House, but I'm sure there will be more yet this year. And then before we get to brass tacks, there is that election that we'll be looking forward to. All right. Well, thank you for your time. This is Paul Weiberg, the Senior Vice President for Government Relations at the National Milk Producers Federation. And that's it for today's podcast. For more on NMPF's policy priorities, visit nmpf.org. And for more of the Dairy Defined podcast, you can find and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music under the podcast name, Dairy Defined. See you next time. <laughs>